Hey, this is David Cummings. I'm a vice president in Sage Software in the UK. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show. Leadership is changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. And if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in a fast-moving world. And I have my guest here with me today from the UK. His name is David Cummings, and he is the Vice President of Performance and Execution Governance and Risk Management. He is a leader in the IT sector and has over 32 years of experience and learnings from his career so far. In 2019, he changed direction and joined SAGE, the UK accounting software firm, where he's helped support their journey to become a great SaaS company. He's highly regarded for his leadership skills and experience driving through complex change programs. And he is passionate about business change and how technology can help transform businesses and the way people go about their daily lives. Before joining Sage, David spent nearly 30 years working for DXC, HPE, EDS in the IT outsourcing sector as an account general manager most recently a key leader for a UK government defence contract where he was requested by the UKI leadership team to lead the completion of a $1.5 billion transformation programme implementing a global cloud and workplace IT service. David thrives on delivering on his commitments and building and leading high-performance teams and is keen to learn from others and to help make a difference. Hey, David, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks, Dennis. Thanks for having me. I'm blushing here. That, that was a great intro. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's wonderful. And hey, look, just tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, okay. I started my career way back in 1987, straight from school into IT. I joined uh, the civil service at the time, what was the DHSS, Department of Health and Social Security, within the UK. And actually, in 2000, we were outsourced, uh, EDS, a global leader in outsourcing from America who had business all over the world, invested heavily and took on some outsourcing contracts from the UK government. I've never looked back since the outsourcing. It, it was a fantastic opportunity that I didn't go looking for, but set me up for the future. Oh, that's excellent. And, and David, tell me, so when you did that, what am I actually really quite interested in is, is hearing about your your journey. How, how did you get into leadership? By accident, actually. Yeah. Ah. I was a technical architect on some large-scale programs. Thought I was destined to be a technical architect for all my life. It was a great job. Uh, you do big pictures. 
you, you uh, guided people through what we needed to build and solve problems. But my leaders at the time, my general managers, uh, client executives, they saw something in me and they said, you're going to be the next general manager for Program Y. It filled me with awe at the time. I was excited, but I thought, I can't do that. What do you want me to do that for? That involves <laughs> finance and P&L and all that sort of stuff. What a difference from an architect's role. Yeah, yeah. And so when you thought that you couldn't do that kind of thing, what what was one thing that you may have done or to help you actually feel a bit more comfortable in taking on that role and, and then going ahead with it? Right. At first, I was starting to sink, but not realizing I was sinking. Mm. But actually, the, the big step forward was some coaching, which is actually where we met way back 2005, 2006. The company offered some transformational leadership coaching to up-and-coming stars. And uh, I guess on reflection, that changed my perception uh, of how to do big jobs, big roles. And uh, the coaching certainly set me up for the future. Yeah, okay, cool. So it sounds like you would highly recommend uh, somebody getting a coach and helping them through things? Every day, even more important these days, especially for uh, complex jobs or any leadership job, I would highly recommend it to anybody starting a creator, find a mentor or a coach as quickly as possible and, and go for different coaches, different mentors and use that to build your experience and knowledge and how to learn. Yeah, and build your toolkit probably. In other words, knowing what to go to when you need to go to as a leader around skills, experiences, and so forth. Absolutely, and look around you and and at leaders who you think are good and understand the good traits and the bad traits. Look at bad sure. leaders and make sure their bad traits don't get reflected into your leadership style. Excellent. So, David, the question I've got for you here is to actually understand from you. I'm sure you may have many, but you know, who, who's your one favourite leader? Now, this person could be alive or from history. So, who's your favourite leader and why? Right, I'm going to go with Steve Jobs from Apple. When he was around, he changed the world. I'm told he was difficult to work with at times, but he built very, very strong teams around him. He had passion and complete focus on perfection. And actually, his legacy around what he's left in terms of market and product, the iPhones changed the world. The way we interact with each other, the way we interact with social media, who would have thought in the 90s that would have become the way we run our lives effectively? Everything from banking to music to looking at videos and all sorts of stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it really does run our lives. And um, we, we run our lives through it, but it also actually runs our lives. And then also we can run businesses. I mean, whole businesses through that phone. And it wasn't as if he or the company designed phones. We already had phones, but they just bought it out in a different way that was more appealing to people. And I think also they're very good at how they market the product to the industry or to the to the market, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can go on YouTube these days and still see the first launch with them on the stage presenting that. And it's still inspiring. Yeah. You're still going to learn a, a learn from that. Any product company these days can still look at how Apple launched things back in the day. And today, I feel it was better back in the day than now. But But yeah, what an inspiring leader. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, so the show is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that that statement, that name, leadership is changing. What does it mean to you? 
adapting adapting and recognizing the the change in in the world in the business in your company recognizing the the employee base but recognizing more importantly that for businesses to continue to survive you've got to lead from the front and change direction if required and when it's required and be nimble so to, to continue to survive you need to lead from the front absolutely leadership these days is much more at the front leading as opposed to managing i think there's a distinction from we used to have great managers and used to talk about great managers the languages change we're looking for great leaders and people who can actually make a real difference and be very inclusive and humble mm. but have gravitas at the same time gravitas yeah, is really important fantastic yeah gravitas i like that i like that word i like that how you put it as well uh, for sure humble and so forth but with gravitas that uh, fantastic Hey, how has your business or industry changed and what demand does that put on you or your team? Right. Great question. Great question. I mean, effectively, the original business outsourcing, it's, it's largely gone. Hmm. It's transformed because of technology advancements and customer change of behavior. Insourcing is still very big where customers are taking IT back in-house. So that changed things. And, and the, the advancements in technology, particularly cloud computing, big data, security, embracing the web, has enabled people to do things themselves better, more cost-effectively, with understanding of taking that forward with and building their own skill sets. So the full IT or outsourcing has been eradicated. It still exists in certain parts, but it's not a growth business. It might come back, it might come back, but actually the IT industry has transformed and therefore many, many sectors of business has been transformed because of IT. Yeah, and I think also we've seen the like the the company you're working for, where it's a SaaS company, a serv- uh, software as a service, right? Um, company, and um, we're seeing a, the growth of that that kind of industry, and those kind of organisations happen a lot more nowadays. Is that was that true? Absolutely. If you, if you think of accounting, accounting is becoming commodity in terms of the software you use. When will the general ledger become a real commodity? But how do you provide an experience to end businesses so that they're not spending all of the time doing the process or the procedures to keep the business clean or from an accounting perspective uh, true, but actually run the business and grow the business or just make enough money to survive? Uh, so our industry's changed, but I can't think of an industry that isn't in the process of transforming and reinventing itself. If you look at Airbnb and what that did to the disruption of the hotel industry, that's a huge, huge example. And uh, artificial intelligence in in lawyers and soliciting and understanding law and and claims processing is is advancing the way things things happen in everyday lives in sectors you wouldn't normally expect to change. You know, and, and I think also if you add in now the pandemic as well, and, and that's actually made businesses realize they need to change in the way that they actually work and, and operate too. So that's actually going to push things. And I, I think if you, you know, you've just given us a couple of examples of organizations of late, but, you know, 
Kodak years ago as well. They didn't change quick enough. And then, you know, and in my intro as well, you know, we talk. I talk about many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. So it's not just leaders, but it's also organizations, businesses, industries. If they're not changing, they, they'll get left behind. Exactly, exactly. The, the next huge, huge business like Amazon or Apple that comes out probably doesn't exist today. But in five years' time, it will be a big company. It'll be huge. It'll have a new leader in place. Somebody we probably haven't heard of on a global stage. But the next big splash will grow and, and it will make people sit up and take notice. Mm. And some of today's leaders will be surprised at that. Some of today's leaders won't be because they'll be in tune with what's happening in the world. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, um, that, David, nicely shared because I think that's uh, what a lot of people need to understand. Just stop sitting on your on on where you're sitting today and start th- start thinking about things and make sure you are moving as well. And, and this is probably a good segue into the next question, which is if there was one thing that you could change in business as a leader today, what well, what would that one thing be? Well, I'm actually going to go with two. I'll go with an internal one. Oh, right. challenging the status quo. Going for yeah, two. It, it, from a leadership point of view in terms of running a company or actually driving forward a change, it's really important to get alignment. Mm. Aligning the, the stakeholders around you and constantly making sure that alignment exists. As soon as the misalignment comes in, it's harder to run at pace and implement a change program or transform. So alignment on the message and the importance of achieving that is crucial. So that would be that would be one. And in, in a generic sense, broader, if I could change one thing, I think I think from a global perspective, it's a, a recognition that startup businesses, small business enterprises have an incredibly hard job to survive when they first kick off and a lot lot fail and fail is okay if they start again. But I, I would look to see what we could do in all sorts of countries to really uh, focus on success of business, innovation of business, and making sure we support startups to the best of our ability so that what they, they ever sell, create, a market, produce, or, or invent benefits us all yeah and and that's probably where what you're going back to the the comment you made before which is the next big thing the next big amazon the next big company may not have already been born or as a result of the pandemic something like that could be born and that's what you're just saying how can we actually give them an environment for them to succeed and strive and do what they need to do and innovate from a startup which is which is pretty cool to to hear and see for sure yeah hey um i think the You've, you've had employees reporting into you. You may do today. You and I have had teams before. And and so how do you think that employees' expectations of leaders have changed? Right. Uh, it, and it has changed. I, th- I think over the, over the last 20, 30 years, the, the, the employee weight of, of what they expect, the, the collective employee has greater needs and greater uh, influence than ever before. Uh, mm. So I, th- I think employees expect leaders to be visible and present and actually accessible. They want them to be compassionate, inclusive, 
but visionary and, and somebody you can aspire to. And employees want to respect the leader and they want to recognize the leader is actually going to take them to where the, the company wants to go, the team wants to go, the group wants to go, the organization wants to go. So, so the, the substantial change is really that visibility and constant presence without stepping on toes, as it were, because mm. they're leading, not doing, but that constant presence and reassurance. And certainly in, in, in the current pandemic with COVID, presence and communication, humility, and safe pair of hands is really, really important. And I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm really pleased to say our CEO, Steve Hare, has got that in spades. He's got yeah. that right. It's really empowering. That's fantastic. I did see about three years ago where I witnessed a leader announce a major restructure and then went on holiday for two weeks. Yeah. And it was just like, what? And so trust, credibility out the window straight away wasn't very good as well. So I like what you're saying about leaders need to have visibility or be visible. They need to have a consistent presence, accessible, compassionate, inclusive, visionary, and respect. Fantastic. Yeah. They're the key yeah. buzzwords. Yeah, Great trait for anybody, and I would love, I'd love my kids to have that. I'd love the the grads to grow in, graduates growing into that to aspire to have those characteristics. Yeah, fantastic. And you know, then that all turns into a safe pair of hands, as you said. And there's nothing like having a senior leader, a leader leading organisation with those safe pair of hands, whereby, you know, not because they'll take the status quo, but because the fact that they are solid. They are a rock, they, and that's what people are looking for. As, as you said before, too, especially with the pandemic, people are looking for leaders to, to hang on to, to help them and support them that's going right. through things, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Trust. You want to trust somebody uh, who who is understanding what the employees are going through. Mm. It's difficult for people to work at home. I mean, we're lucky in, I'm lucky enough to have a job. Some people have lost jobs and changed their lives. But yeah. you want to have trust and certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trust and certainty, that's, that's massive. And I th- and what I've also too noticed, David, is that those organisations that had a foundation of trust were able to go back to the other word that you used earlier on was being able to adapt, right, to actually to do what they needed to do and move the business forward. And those who had the foundation of trust, it was a lot easier. Those who didn't have it, oh, boy, yes. they, they, they tended to struggle, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? <laughs> right. Digital savvy. Oh. They absolutely have to be digital savvy today. If you don't understand technology and where the world's heading, you're going to struggle to keep up. So if you're digital savvy and can transform the basis based on what digital enablement can provide, you're halfway there. Only halfway there, though, because you also need to actually be able to build great teams. Build great teams around you and fill the boardroom and the leadership team with people who might be brighter and greater than you, but picking the right people for the right roles to really drive change. And you've got to not be afraid to change. Transformation is important. That's the... uh, Leadership's changing. The organization's changing. So so they're two big skills. And actually, always on, which is linked to the digital savvy, but actually, don't forget you're a person. 
and people relate to the leader as a person and recognize that that person has a life balance. So whilst you're leading a, a large corporation that might be running 24-7 globally in many different countries, it's good to understand that that person is, has a life balance as well. Mm-hmm. And, and to hear about what they get up to in their spare time gives you some sense of relation. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, part of your, I mean, do you do, what do you do outside of work? I mean, what kind of things do you t- tend to get up to give, to give you that self, uh, that balance? Right. I, I mean, I'm I'm in the 50s now and I'm trying to be as fit, fit now as I was when I was 16, 17 playing rugby. I've become obsessive with cycling. Huh. I've transformed from running. I did a lot of trail running in the hills, but uh, cycling has become my passion, my obsession. I do about 180 miles a week, which uh, my wife thinks is too many. And I think probably I could do about 250 a week if I, had a, if I could just get out the house a bit more. So we've got that healthy tension where I'm not doing enough miles, but actually I'm doing too many miles. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I remember your wife telling you you used to work too many hours as well years ago, and and uh, you had to do something about that. So um, absolutely, well, yeah, no, cool. So so the cycling is one thing you do do, which is great. So it gets you out, gets you the exercise, a fresh air. And do you tend to go out and do that by yourself, or do you actually go with a group of other people as well? Uh, both, actually. Uh, I, I like cycling on my own. I like cycling in groups. It's a bit restricted at the moment with the, the, how many people you can cycle with, but a combination of both. Sometimes it's good to just put some headphones on with some music and disappear into the countryside for a few hours, and sometimes it's great going out with a, a group of six and getting pulled along, or two or three of you and never stop chatting as you go along. You realize you've done 60 miles before before you've realized you're back home, but you can't even remember the roads you're on because you've talked so much. Mm-hmm. So everything, all all types of cycling, cycling. I never thought of cycling as a team sport, but in reality, it is a team sport. If you look Excellent. at some of the big tours, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, true, true. You're right. Yeah, it is a team sport for sure. So digital savvy and build great teams around you, and always being on. So, but don't forget that you are a person. And so, like David just shared, that have some interests outside of work, so it gives you that nice balance, and then you can work away th- with things, which is great. So, David, I'm going to get you to bring out that crystal ball and ask you about the future. Where do you see leadership being in five years? More important than it is today, I think the global pandemic will right shift a lot of things on how we operate, how we perform, and how we invest. I don't think we've seen the half of what that will do. So I think that that there's going to be significant change for various different reasons. But I think leaders will continue to adapt. I think the leaders we aspire to today will survive because they adapt themselves. And some of the leaders I uh, watch and learn from will be around in five years' time. Others won't, and that's part of leadership transition. Certainly in the next five years, I think we'll see the next set of global leadership turn up in new companies or existing companies and take them in different directions. We'll see the next generation come through with different ideas, different personalities, and uh, drive different agendas, social agendas, diversity, uh, sustainability, green, so that there'll be different. I think there's a wake-up call and a right shift a number of things in businesses 
and people will learn from what the last 12 months have given us and how we, over the next two to three years, recover from this. Hmm. So we'll see another iteration of adoption. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, like based on what we were talking about earlier on as well with Steve Jobs as your favorite leader and so forth, and, and you know, I'm really certain, and I think you alluded to it as well before, which is that there'll be innovation come out of this. There will be some great ideas. And if you think about other sort of crises that we've had in our lives before, global financial crisis, other things, and even what we used to call the roaring 20s, right? I mean, because a lot of that came from the not only because we had a, like a pandemic or some other stuff happening before that, the roaring 20s is when everyone really got out there and started shifting things and moving things. So I think that we're, you know, 2020, so is there the Toroyan 20s again, right? It's pretty interesting what, what might it might actually happen. Definitely. I agree. Uh, the 20s, the rev- industrial revolution, the digital revolution, all of that w- will come through. If you think of well, the, the, the dot-com boom and where we've come from then, it's, IT's yeah. in the enabling, moving much faster than any. It's just getting faster and faster, so the world has to keep up with that. And business and leaders will, will will spawn and generate new new ideas and new innovation. Hmm. And if they don't keep up with it, what, what do you think will happen to them? They'll quit. They won't survive. No. They'll have to. Yeah. They'll have to recognize they will fail. Yep. And if they don't wake up and recognize it, it'll hit them from behind. I think, and uh, it'll be too late for some of them. So uh, it's not going to be good for them at all. Hey, the other thing I just want to go back to what you just said before around digital savvy. So when you say digital savvy, do you mean that leaders have to become a computer programmer type person? What do you mean by digital savvy? Yeah, certainly not not a, a computer programmer. Understand how IT, the web, the cloud, how people subscribe and interact with services these days can change a business. The whole embracement of a wonderful user experience with a product will make you very loyal to that product. Hmm. The user experience will get reinvented many, many times. If you look at some of the uh, website evolution on some big companies, they've transformed from what they started with to what they are now and will continue to. And understand how business-to-business transactions can make life easier and business-to-consumer. So those those consumption models of doing either the significant transaction or the minutiae simply quickly is really important. And understanding how that can shape your business, or more importantly, if you don't do it, how it will shape the competition's business and leave you behind. Mm. That's the key here. Uh, Consumption of services. Who would have thought you don't visit the supermarkets these days. You do everything online, and it gets delivered to your door. Now, the social experience is gone. You can't go to the supermarket to see your friends these days. Uh, so there's been boom in online shopping around the world. Now, that's changed. And how do you recognize that sort of use case benefiting your business and putting you into a competitive advantage against competition? Yeah, fantastic. So that's, that's digital savvy for me. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that because I think that's really important for for our listeners to hear. So make sure you understand the digital world and how that actually can impact and embrace it to help move your business forward 
while at the same time building great teams around you to help go and put that into place, which is fantastic. Hey, David, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where, where should they go? Right, uh, LinkedIn's probably the best. Happy to give out an email, david.cummings.sage.com. Look me up on LinkedIn. You'll see me there. Fantastic. David, thanks once again for joining. And it's been a real pleasure just to watch your whole journey and what you're doing. And and congratulations. And uh, keep up the great work and leading those teams that you do, the high-performing teams. And so, yeah, congratulations again. Thank you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. So look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. And if you want to, share them with your friends, your network, your family. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them, or if there's a question for the Ask Dennis, which is the freestyle episode, feel free to send me an email, Dennis at Lean Change Partners. Hey, listeners, just a reminder to join us on the Facebook group. Leadership is changing. It's a community where you can actually join and share your thoughts and ideas and experiences around leading change. All right, team, it's great to have you on the show. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.